This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. the rack podcast featuring brooklyn rob and big mike rob what's good homie mike i think i'm gonna start every show weekly going forward how arturo celebrates tripping a four pin I'm gonna be like vomitos baby i'm gonna be yelling and shit fucking <laughs> yo dude. yo my man. Who, I have a question. I have a question for all the people out there. And I want to be so clear here. I am not hating here. Okay. I am not hating. All right. I thought, you know, I'm not going to say that I didn't, that I didn't take it as entertainment in a way, but I'm not hating. Let me ask this question to the people, to the people out there to start the show. Who was the most entertaining character fan or player from those PBA league shows, who was the most entertaining fan or player from the whole thing? Like when they scanned the whole building, all the bowling going on, who was the most entertaining person uh, in that entire show? I know the answer. Do you know the answer? Does anybody be, in the chat know the answer? It's, it's got to be one of the fans. It, has it, it one was fans. one of the fans. It was yeah. one of the fans. Yes. Yes, um, it was. I can't pin it though. No one, I mean, no one in the chat. No one in the chat wants to wants to. Uh, someone, someone commented Nick Pate. No, 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 no. Arturo, no. my no, my not was Arturo. Arturo. It was not Vomitos, Arturo. Vomitos, I'll tell you who it was. I'll tell you. I'll tell you who it was. It was Arturo's wife. Wife. Oh, it 100%. was Arturo. Yo, yes. yes. She, she was, like, was like. She was giving out the juju. She was like. Hands in the air, speaking to herself, chanting, like, I mean, yo, I was like, yo, this is, this is big Mike level of dedication to backing your person here. I mean, really like, who, who am I ever to talk about how people might get into it at Bayside? Cause there's memes about that and everything with me, but listen, I felt pressure when they showed her. On the screen, I yeah. felt pressure. I felt pressure because I was she like, "Wow, she wanted, she, it. she wanted it." I mean, oh my goodness! So prayers. Oh, geez. All right, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. But that was that was she. That was the most entertaining person on that show. Okay, so funny. let's be clear. Uh, Rob, the, the the bowling world is on fire with beef. Holy crap! It's all over the place, and I love every minute of. It. I'm like Michael Jackson with the gif. You know when he's eating popcorn. Popcorn. Because finally, a beef that we're not involved in, though. <laughs> I know. I know. We're one of us. We're 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 sideline observers on the beef here. Yeah, which is well, we which almost, is better. We almost got into it with Dickie Allen a little bit. We yeah, yeah. Did. I did. We I did. I had. You I were had, provoking yes. a little bit. You, I was. Yeah. Well, were, I mean, you, you know. I know he deserves it. Yeah. So uh, James Stogan says Kevin Williams was the most entertaining person on the show. What's up, James, in the chat? Kevin, Kevin, I feel you. But I would say that Kevin Williams was the swaggiest person on the show. 
Like he wasn't the most entertaining, but honestly, he looked he looked like really comfortable out there with the crowd and just the whole vibe and the music playing and all that. So, um, you know, it, listen, it, it was it was they were amazing shows. They were okay. as always. Like Bayside lives up to the hype. All right, we'll, we're going to put that off. We're going to put that off for a few. Okay, listen, folks. Rob put it out on social media the other day. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. All right. Hit the subscribe button. Help us. Yeah, I'm, get like to a thousand subscribers. I'm like a Taro's wife. I'm like a wife. Please hit the subscribe button. See, that's a that, that that's a meme we need. Jimmy, where are you at? Where are you at, Jimmy? We need that. We hit need the that. Subscribe we button. Make that happen. Uh Rob, league report. It's what the people come for every week. Okay. When I when I meet people who listen to the podcast, they tell me the thing I like most on the podcast is the league report. So here's my league report. Uh 790 for four. 190, 190, 170. No, wait a second. Am I off? 190, 170, 190, 240. 236, I think, the last game. So not too bad. Threw Purple Hammer all night. It was uh, Kegel Abbey Road. 40-foot pattern, 3-1. to one. Uh, You know, somewhat challenging. Uh, I, I, you know, I bowled well. I threw it well. I, I especially threw it real well the last game. Feel like I, I figured a little something out. Uh, just like I feel an intense need to let loft the ball or hit up on the ball, if that makes any sense. Like when we were growing up, learning how to bowl, Rob. I feel like we were taught to be smooth at the bottom and lay the ball on the lane to be so like you. You were always a very smooth bowler. Your brother Jeff was always a very smooth bowler, but we Dave, still hit it on the bottom, though we had to. Yeah, but not average. like, not like, not not lofting it, not lofting no, but it. We, but not, we had a hit on it. Yeah, but, but you were hitting. I would say you were hitting down on it, not up on it. Yeah, right? I agree okay. with that. Okay, all right. Well, I feel like for whatever reason, in in, in today's environment, if you're not hitting up on it, then you're you're kind of like losing. You're losing reaction. And I, the last game last night, I just really dedicated myself to trying to stay in it longer and kind of hit it on the upswing. And, and, and yeah, I just – I threw I threw it really good. Yeah, uh, J.D. in the chat saying we talked about that on Sunday. And, J.D., that kid who was on our pair, Andrew Hall, good bowler, by the way, if, he, if, if anybody knows him from the, from the chat, he, he made the final four. He made the final four. Lofting it like that all day. So – you know, I, and then last night I kind of committed to that and I bowled pretty good. So, uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm kind of just practicing, just doing my thing. Uh, the conditions at the bowling center have been better. It hasn't been as hot. They've actually been running the AC, which is beautiful. It was extremely hot out last night uh, out here. So that was good. Uh, I also have the Dougie tournament to talk about. Uh, as JD mentioned, we bowled on the same pair on Sat on Sunday. First of all, let me say this. Shout to Dougie. Okay. Shout to Dougie. Uh, puts together a, 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 a dual sport pattern event, uh, 6,000 on top, 90 guys showed up to bowl, 90 people. Sorry, there were a lot of females there too. A few of them made the cut. Uh, 90 per- participants, 90-plus participants, action, all, all, all the action you wanted, side action you wanted. Scores, a little bit high, a little bit high, but patterns, I mean, I didn't score that high. Patterns were fair. If you did the right thing, they were very scorable. If you didn't, they were very they were kind of tough. Okay, that that I think that's fair. Here's how I, 
Here's how I bowled. I actually bowled embarrassingly bad. I didn't even realize how bad I bowled until I was done. And I the next day I looked at the standings and I was like, damn, I really bowled that bad. But I just never had a I never had a big dumpster game. Diving. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dumpster oh, diving. Oh my god. Oh yes. If you if you're looking at the results of this tournament, you're definitely dumpster diving for me. There's no question. It was embarrassingly bad. Uh but I'll be honest, I didn't feel like I I threw it that bad, but I felt like I rarely was doing the right thing that I was supposed to be doing. Okay. I like I, I was not in the right part of the lane. I was not playing them correctly for probably 70% of the day, I would say. And when I did get it correct, the 30% that I did get it correct, I bowled pretty good. I didn't I, I had, you know, I didn't carry all that well, I would say, but I didn't throw it that bad. So here's how my day went. Uh, right lane was short. It looked pretty, pretty standard to me. Purple hammer kind of slow up, you know, towards the gutter. The, uh, the left lane was long. I had no look. I had no very little look. Couldn't, couldn't really see much reaction. Decided to play up 10, kind of, and just roll it. So I start the game, open on the left lane, yank it on the right lane where I have a good look, open there, split. Spare on the left lane, I think two pin. Uh, open, split again on the right lane, yank it again. So first three frames, first four frames, I got three opens and a spare. I make a move on the left lane and move move in more. I leave an eight pin on the first shot that I move in. Knew that I had my feet in the right place. Ball reaction looked good. Went back to the right lane, struck. Got it together for the end of the game. Rob, I start open, open, spare, open. What do you think I shot that game? Uh, 140. 199. Oh, so you finished good. Okay, 199. Finished very strong, right? Go to the next pair. I missed two four pins in the first five frames. I know. Just doofus shit. Just do – yo, like – Sir, JD just said spare shooting, and he's right. I'll, I'll, I'll spare you the rest. I had my feet in the wrong place for like a game and a half. Last game, I kind of got it together. Still shot 190, missing a couple spares. Uh, I shot, I think, 750 maybe. I was like minus 50, minus 60. I finished like 80th out of 90. Okay? And, and it seemed like everybody had a big game somewhere along the line. I had no big game. I didn't even shoot a game over 200. Uh, the last game I had a ch- first game and last game I had a chance didn't didn't double in the tenth to do it. Uh, I probably missed a hundred pins worth of makeable spares. I missed. I know I missed seventy seven pins worth of single pins alone. Okay, and I missed the cut by probably eighty pins, ninety pins. Okay, so again, like it comes down to the spare shooting, you know, and my spare shooting is just horrendous. Uh, but shout to Dougie. We're practicing, right, Rob? We're in practice. Who's on the pair to the right of me? The ginger assassin. Yeah, he won, right? Okay. Uh, He goes up in practice. First shot in practice on the left lane. Okay. I go up. I kind of just roll it, like, right from 15. The ball keeps going right, keeps going right. It goes in the gutter. Okay. I'm like, holy shit. They're really tight. Okay. This is just like me walking up to the approach and just dumping it on the lane, right? Ball goes in the gutter. I'm like, wow, they're really tight. I go over to throw a shot on the on the next lane. I watch him throw a shot on the long pattern, purple hammer, from ten to seven, and he just he just crushes the rack. Okay, he goes up on the right lane, throws a practice shot, crushes the rack on that lane. I said, well, either him or a good lefty like him is going to win this tournament. 
Because if they could play the long like that, then, yeah, you you, you ain't beating them. You just ain't going to beat them. So, yeah, and he went on to win the tournament. You know, shout to him. I mean, he he, he bowled good. You know, he bowled good. Uh, I, 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 almost, I almost had to have words, I'll be honest with you, because – he 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 kicked he kicked a, a a lounge thing that I was sitting on in frustration. I let it slide. I just you know kind of gave him the gave him the look like yo dog. I'm sitting here. You feel me? But he went on to win. Great great bowling by him. I watched the final. Actually, it was really good. It was really competitive. Uh, shout to Dougie for putting the event together. I think House Shot Heroes was involved in it too. They did an excellent job of running things. They had a live stream running, screen show in the live stream. I was on the live stream a little bit. People were talking shit, Rob. People were talking shit on the live stream, saying I bowled bad, etc. It's all right. Listen, as I said, I went on Dougie's site September, October, November. Said, hey, anybody want to bowl an action match on on something tough? Come, you know, come see me. We could bowl for whatever you want. Not a, not a not a single response. So you know, it is what it is. But uh, like I said, they were fair. They were good. He did an excellent job of running it. I think that I hope there's another one. I'll be at the next one if there is. I just hope I bowl better and shoot some spares. So <clears throat> on Sunday I bowled like shit. I missed a ton of spares. On Monday I got word a little birdie told me Rob that there were going to be some there were going to be some uh, some professionals in in the building at the uh, Bones Elite Training Center uh, down at Hal Lanes. So I had the I had the I had the in that there were going to be some folks there. So I took a ride down there and uh, bowled there again. Actually took the opportunity to shoot some spares, uh, set up some single pins and, and shoot them. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was it was enjoyable. Uh, again, uh, I fully recommend that place to anybody who's in the area and wants to get in some serious work. Uh, we were bowling on a, on a long pattern and a short pattern. And one of the things I got to do, Rob, and I know, I know you want to talk about this, I got to I got to uh, see and bowl on string pins. Hmm. What'd you think? What was your uh, What was your input, Robert? Saying he had my back on the live stream, Robert. I greatly appreciate that, bro. So was I right about the string pins, though? When it comes to, like the carry and like the scores being lower, in your opinion? I, honestly, we didn't bowl enough for me to say lower or higher. But I'll say this: it's different. It's funky. Yeah, it's, it's funky. I was also, uh, you know, part of the discussion that was going on while while you know we were we were uh, watching uh, some shots on the string pins was that there there's uh, information out there that different kickbacks are being used for the string pin setups than the regular pin setups, and 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 you know if that's if that's the case as well. Uh, then yeah, that could definitely affect the, the pin action. Um, one of the things I notice most about it is that after you throw the shot, it will it will drop the pins and right. lift the pins up to mm-hmm. thirty times. Yeah, oh yeah. To untangle them. Okay. Yeah. Now, imagine bowling a competitive tournament, right? And you're on five and six, and the guy on seven and eight goes up and throws his shot, and he leaves a spare, and the guy on uh, three and four goes up and throws a shot and leaves a spare. And you then get up, right? And, and there's two sets of pins just drool, drool, dropping, 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 banging, clanging. Uh, you don't think that. that could be a distraction? I mean, to me, that no. would be that would be extremely distracting. No, I think 
people need to understand, and I put this on Twitter, regardless of what people want to happen, and I know Belmo put up a post about string pins and how he was very uh, critical of string pins, saying that string pins uh, should not be allowed in the highest level uh, due to, like, some 10 pin that fell kind of mysteriously during like a high level competitive tournament uh, somewhere, I think overseas. Um, I think what people need to understand is that, and you could talk to the bones about this if you do. And I would love to hear their input because I already know, I talked to Mike Calderon at B3, his center is all string pins. They are less money in maintenance. They rarely break down. They've, like you said, they fixed themselves, essentially. Um, I think my lane broke once, and she, uh, Brandy uh, Calderon told me that was the first time she actually had to fix the machine in, like, a week to get it. And they they bowl on this every day. Essentially, you're going to have lower costs for repair, lower costs for maintenance. I'm not sure about energy bill, but I would, I would like to hear that, too, to see if that running that on the energy bill is cheaper compared to a normal pin rack. I think people in the bowling world need to really mentally prepare themselves for string pins being the future of the sport, let alone we like it or we don't. And that's due to all the proprietors. Mike, the proprietors are business owners. If you could drop your business expenses on maintenance and repair on your equipment for future centers. Now, I'm not saying they're going to replace the current centers with string pins, but I'm saying if there are new centers that are being built and maybe they do replace some to a certain degree, if it's going to lower their costs and expenses and maintenance, then the bowling proprietors will take a very hard look at using them, which will essentially put a lot of pressure on the USBC to start certifying them to not lose certification membership. Look, that's just my opinion. That's just speculation, but I think that the bowling world needs to really prepare themselves to bowl on string pins 10, 20 years, maybe sooner down the road. Just my opinion. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, based on what you said, like how many centers are going to make the transition and, and switch, right? But And I don't, I don't, I don't see get, that see, happening because I don't think that like, could be that cost effective. So Jay-Z, like normal bowling, no chance. What about my argument that it has no chance? Because if I've known anything from doing this podcast, from being in the bowling world and industry, is that the bowling world really doesn't really care too much about high-level competitive bowling, Mike. When it comes to bowling centers, management, business owners, even the USBC at the highest level puts recreation bowling first than high-level bowling. And We've learned that by interviews. So why wouldn't the bowling world put string pins in? Because recreation bowling, they don't really put high. Bowling centers aren't going to say, no, we don't want to do string pins because the high-level bowlers are going to leave. You think they'll say that, Mike? We already know they won't. No. Bolero might be the first to do it, too, because Bolero yeah, has but, the money. But again, like how, how cost-effective – could it be to change to make that change that i don't you know. know i have That's, no idea i'm no. just i'm what just I'm saying is i'm, I'm guessing that i understand and i could see new centers doing this yes absolutely 
but but older centers that already have the traditional pin Probably center not. style, I, 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 I do not think that you're going to see a full transition of this. Now, two points in the chat here that are good points. Uh, James says, good mechanics are hard to find. I, I totally agree with that at this point. And mm-hmm. Nick M says, Bolero will put them in safe payroll. You know, Rob, that, that alludes to what you said, but but go ahead. What point do you want to make? So my point is this, when, when Wood Lanes were on 100% of the bowling centers and then synthetics came out, right? People were like, oh, synthetics, kind of almost the same thing, right? Synthetics, like, oh, how, how much is it going to be for them, the synthetics to be put in? Now, the proprietors, what they'll do is they'll look at the cost of upgrading the centers compared to what their savings could be on a 15 to 20 years down the road, right? So they might say, you know what? It is worth the investment to switch all the string pins um, to save money in the 15-year, 20-year long run, right? Because I know bowling centers weren't doing that with synthetics until they might have realized that it's going to take a lot. It's going to save them a lot less money in resurfacing wood lanes and oil, right? So I'm just saying is, look, like people like are afraid of change. When when change is, you know, approached to anybody, people are defensive. They're scared. They don't, they, you know, and it's look i'm bringing facts i know based on my conversations with people who own centers that run string pins okay and what i'm saying is there is a very realistic like view down the road that a majority of the bone centers will be string pins because of the pnl cost being cheaper to run the bone centers yeah a lot of people a lot of people uh agreeing with you here in the chat rob uh so all right. I mean, after seeing and you know, kind of, kind of uh, seeing myself, I have to say, like, it's definitely the pins definitely fall in a funky way. Like, the scores some, will be lower. There's Believe some me. funky things that happen. Believe okay? me, and the scores will be lower. With that in mind, okay, like, like funky things happening. You know, uh, with that in mind, you referenced Belmo's comments online, right? Uh, that his comments were attached to a video from the world games that was taking place in Alabama, I believe. And uh, basically a, a 10 pin fell out of nowhere. And, and apparently it was, it was a string that knocked it over. Jeff Rickles claimed that it was set back up. His sources said that it was set back up. Uh, other people said that it was not set back up. Um, regardless of what happened, Belmo's point online was, you know, that's not something he wants to see happen in high-level bowling. Now, we talked about beef at the top. This is actually part of the bowling beef that was going on this week. So Dick Allen uh, jumped in, jumped into the into this conversation on Twitter, on social media, and basically commented, and I might be I might be paraphrasing here, okay? I have basically, an argument here. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. You want to read them? You want to quote them? Go right ahead. Um, there's just too much of it, to be honest with you, to go through. Okay, they, so they went, they went at it for almost like a full day. It felt like, uh, yeah. So I mean, if I'm if I'm paraphrasing correctly, Dick Allen was basically saying, "Yeah, sure, you don't want to see the string pins because it would cut down on the number of messengers you get." Correct, and yeah. this in turn would lead to less wins for you. Maybe, okay, maybe now. Li- I mean, listen, I'm going to say this. That's an asinine take. 
Okay. <laughs> that's like that's Almost just an good, that that's Almost that's a that's a troll of a take. Okay. String pins, not People, string pins. They can put the pins. Doesn't matter what they're doing to the pins. Belmo's gonna find a way to win. That's people people say we're outrageous, son. That's outrageous. Okay. I mean, come on. So so that's that is what I will say about it. But there was a back and forth. I mean, and some serious shots were taken. So if if you didn't follow this on Twitter, you know, you definitely should. Uh Belmo was was piling on. He he was piling on Dick Allen, no question. I mean Flaming him over his lack of making TV shows, lack of titles, uh, the difference between their careers, etc. I mean, you know, listen, like Belmo loves an easy target. Okay, I'll say that he 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 likes to come at me. He, oh, he, he comes to me too. <laughs> he he loves an easy target. He loves okay? us. We're easy targets. Dave. Loves he an loves easy it. target. So I I don't envy the position that Dick was in, but you know <laughs> he he but listen he poked the bear he trolled the goat. He didn't poke the bear. He trolled the goat. Okay, and you you know you don't troll the goat unless you unless you 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 want the goat to come at you. All right. So I, I don't know comment. what his purpose was there, but I want to read a comment by Marshall Kent because I feel like Marshall Kent has a, a similar opinion to a lot of us do, including Belmo, including me, including probably you, Mike. Too much of an arcade game look. Personally, don't want to see this on TV. As a business, it 100% makes sense because of the lower maintenance cost. As a sport, I can't stand it. That's pretty much sums it up, Mike. I agree 100% wholeheartedly with Marshall. String pins is great when you're practicing. You really get a, um, a, a, a different way how to approach the pins to try to carry. I did notice a few things in my experience with the, the string pins. Urethane really is out of play on string pins unless like I, I have a hard time carrying with string pins when I on a tough shot when I'm throwing a urethane ball. And um, the other thing is that like you really need to throw the ball really pure on a tough shot to really get the carry. The scores are lower and I can't stress that enough, but that's only my experience at B3 performance. Now, I'm not saying that at a different bowling center that has string pins, the scores can be higher. But my experience at B3, the scores are lower. And they have been experimenting with different pins, um, like different pin string pins. I really need to get Calderon on the show, Mike, to talk string pins. He, the guy's like an expert at it. And he would really break it down to us. And I'll talk to him. I'm going to be there Friday because I got a tournament on Sunday. Um, so I'm practicing tomorrow. So I'll talk to him and see if I can get him on and talk string pins so we can get an actual subject matter expert on string pins on the show. There were also, you know, th this this World Games was taking place in Alabama, and this was on string pins. And when we were at the training center the other day, we were watching the final, and, you know, weird things happened. Sh uh, Shannon O'Keefe made the, the uh, 3, 4, 6, 7, 10 in a way that I had never seen before. I mean, the three pin shot to the back and then shot back up and took out the six ten, or take took out the four seven. Sorry, and, and you never see that. You know, you never once that three pin goes goes in the back. You know that that's usually it. Uh, one thing I'll say is that as bowlers, right? And I don't. I mean, I think everybody thinks this way anyway. But like when the ball hits the arrows, I kind of have a sense of what I'm going to leave if I'm going to leave something. Like, I know whether it's a good shot or not. And I know, like, okay, if it's left, how far? In my mind, I'm almost, like, seeing the way it's going to hit. 
like, oh, it's going to be a four pin. It's going to be a four nine. It's going to be, you know, uh, three, six, seven, ten, like two, four, eight, ten. What it, you know, and I'll say that on the string pins, there's a lot of times where you think it's going to leave this and it doesn't leave that. It leaves some other crazy combination, you know. So, uh, not, you know, for me, not something I really want to see. Uh, become part of, of the regular competitive bowling world. But, Rob, I, I you know, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with your points from before. I think that uh, you, you made some good and fair and strong points there. But it, people my are scared point, of change, my, though, Mike. Like, people are scared of change because – Yeah, but, but you're you're right in the sense that, that business rules, right? You're, you're, you're absolutely right on that. So, um, you know, it, it, it kind of comes down to that, I would say. But the one point I wanted to make about the World Games is that there were other bowlers that were putting social media posts out there too. Uh, there was one one player I saw, I forget who it was uh, off the top of my head, but basically uh, said that the uh, the organization running that event like was doing everything they could to ruin competitive bowling. You know, so um, you know, there's definitely strong feelings out there about this, but. You know, it, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, you you made the point already that, you know, if this is the way that the business end of bowling wants to go, then that's the way it's going to go because the, the USBC is not going to uh, fight for the integrity of the game versus uh, business, right? And and we kind of understand that. So uh, it's concerning, you know, but but we'll have to see where it goes. I, I can't wait for in the future, Mike, where, like, it, we're you know, we're in our 50s and me and you like, yo, man, we're bowling at a vintage center that has no strings. I can't wait to throw messengers. That's pretty much where we're going to be. Um, uh, Nick, Nick M in the chat saying that Barnes posted some videos of string gate. Uh, so if people want to check that out on social media, I'm sure they can. Mike, uh, now a string. Now here's my thing is, is it does Dick have a point in the fact where the two handed bowlers now don't have as as much of an advantage when they bowl on the string pins because of the strings and the and the pins not flying. Is that a valid argument though, in general? No, I I don't think it is. Why? Because think- number one, I don't I don't think I've seen enough okay. evidence that that's that they're they're not going to get those hits. Okay. Um, because they're not going to number- be able to throw messengers. It's. It's rare. I, I haven't seen a well, messenger listen, on the strings. Until you put Belmo on a string lane and let him bowl a, a high number of games or Simo or you know, Jesper Svensson or EJ Tackett, okay, and I see that, oh, they bowled 100 games on these and they haven't, they've haven't. they only thrown a handful, you know, two messengers, five messengers, then I'll believe it. But until then, I don't, think it's I, I don't know if I believe it. And, like, if it affects their carry, is it going to affect the other players' carry too? Oh yeah, of what, course. What, what are you telling me that like one-handed players don't ever get messengers? One-handed players don't ever get trip fours. But the two-handers in the high rev rates are getting. Uh, there's a probability of them getting more messengers than a one-handed. If it cut, if no messengers are the norm, essentially you're taking an advantage out of the two-handers and high rev rates players because nobody will throw messengers. That's what I'm uh, Anthony Vitaglia giving us an update. Carolier has new lanes and new approaches, 49 through 82. Slick and carry isn't that easy. They're not string pins, though. Yeah, that's the next thing I was waiting for him to say is that they're string pins. No, I don't, I don't believe they are anyway, not from what I heard. But, all right, Rob, we're moving on. I'm tired of talking about string pins. We'll keep an eye on it, though. We'll see where it goes. I have some, I have some takes 
in this in this segment of the show that if people listen to this, I'm, they're going to come at me. But that's okay. Come at me. It's fine. Uh, I'm I'm all right. I take all comers, like I said on Twitter. Uh, PBA League, Rob. First of all, let's start here. Okay. People are saying that this was the craziest ending ever to a PBA show. People, spare me. Okay. Stop. Stop with the nonsense. All right. Stop with the thinking in the current. Right. Stop with the with the current bias of the way you're looking at things. Okay. Uh, Del Del Ballard guttering to lose the U.S. Open. Okay. The most shocking. All right. Mika Koivunemi missing a ten pin against Duke against yeah. Duke to lose the U.S. Open. I I shit my pants. When that happened. What about okay. Randy? What about Randy? Uh, Randy. I can't Peterson. believe it. I can't believe Randy it. Randy Peterson. Stone 8. Muhammad Ali. I can't believe it. I can't believe Secret it. I love episode, saying that. People getting mad because we called them a donator. Okay. Like, that's up there. All right. Pete Weber. U.S. Open. He needs them all for the win. Must have it for the win. You know who you are, okay? Uh, how about how about Michael Haugen running down Barnes? Going down, down like 60. 50, 50-something yeah. 50 in the fifth or sixth frame, and he ran them down, okay? Folks, let's not get out of pocket here, okay? <laughs> this was a great show. Great this show. was a great show. Do not, I'm not saying this was not a great show. But let's not be hysterical and let's say that this, crazy was, here. that this was the craziest finish to a PBA show. All right? It, it yeah. Let, let's just not go there. Okay? I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you disagree with me. You're wrong. All right? But I'm sorry. Okay? Uh, I'll start there. What are your observations from the uh, – from from the the show, Rob, this final show. I mean, it was a okay. great show. It okay, great so show. I have a few observations. Um, one, this is what happens when you put a Baker style format in a environment that feeds off of the format, because the fans are the fans were able to get the players all hyped up. That the players are able to show a lot of energy due to the fact that it's a Baker format. And I know Stu talked about this when he was on the show. Um, about how, you know, he wants to see the show going to like a one-frame, one-frame style match, right, Mike? Because yeah. like the the players can show all, all tons of emotion, like Arturo doing the 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 spin no, Rooney they, on the they, lane. They, they still wouldn't. They still wouldn't. It, 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 it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the same emotion they're showing on these shows where they only have to throw uh, two frames. Nico's no, in the chat. I'm, Nico's in the chat saying he disagrees with me about the the craziest finish. So, Nico, Nico, I got much love for you, dog. With all due respect, if that's the way you feel, you need to go on YouTube and watch those shows in full that I mentioned. Okay. So here's, I guess, my other um, like observation. This was the first time, and Mike, you might correct me here. Mike, let me finish here. I know. Let me finish. Go ahead. This was my first time that I've seen on TV where I saw multiple PBA pros shook. Shook. 
Mike, the they DJ were, should have been playing shook ones, dog. They were shook, Mike. I've never seen as good as these pros have been on TV and how they've been bowling on TV in the biggest pressure situations. I'm talking majors, one-on-one tournaments. Mike, they were shook. I've never seen fans in an environment get in the players' heads as much as I did Yo, in, that's, a, in a match. It's such a good observation. I'm going to come back to that in a second. James Golding in the chat. What's up, James? He. Uh, it seems like he's he's from up at Bayside. His uh, his avatar has Bayside in it. James, if you were there, yo, shout to you guys. You 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 guys 100% brought the energy as always. It's what the PBA needs. It's what bowling needs. We all we all love it. We all appreciate it. Uh, he says craziest show finish in PBA league history, though. That's oh, a fact. That's a fact. James, Easy. no question. Bottom line. Bottom oh line. no, quite like we 100%. might never we might never have another one like that. No. Honestly, there might there no. might never be a PBA league finish like that ever no. again. He said he was there lane side and it was insane. Uh I'm sure, man, that that place was rocking. Okay. And Rob, back to your point. Uh somebody asked me the other day, you know, what wh- what did you think about all the bowlers kind of, you know, losing it at the end of the game there? And I said, yeah, well, a, a, adrenaline will do that. You know, adrenaline will have will have bowlers doing shit like that. And that's the truth. Like, that's why on the regular shows where these guys are bowling for more serious money and when these guys are bowling for uh, titles, okay, which neither of these were, all right, let's be clear, that's why you don't see that emotion, right? Because – them having so much adrenaline contributes to, uh, you know, them, them not throwing good shots or not completing their shots. No? Yes? Well, you, you, you feel me on that, Rob? Miss, miss spares are a complete mental breakdown. Single pin spares. Okay? Anytime I've ever missed a single pin spare, it's because I've mentally psyched myself out of throwing it. Okay? Mike, you missed a bunch of single pin spares and you could probably agree that those are mostly because of mental breakdowns, right? While you're throwing it, nerves, anxiety, whatever it is, right? But to see this amount of people missing single pin spares under these situations shows that, man, they were all shook up. But my brother in the in the chat brings a, a really valuable point. Oh, Norm Duke was really shook. But Norm Duke was shook for a whole nother reason, right? Which was completely valid, okay? He was an emotional wreck bowling that whole show, okay? He really was, and you could just see it, right? Didn't help that his ball reaction wasn't very good. All I'm saying is for Prather to miss the nine pin, for um, Ogle to miss that spare in a tenth, like that's just uh, uh, not acceptable at that level, okay? But on on the other hand, right, I I, I couldn't understand why Ogle was, was anchor. I mean, yeah, he had an amazing, I think, qualifying – but me personally, I do have to question that lineup. I personally would have put Tommy Jones in the anchor spot. Okay. You're talking about one of the all time greats in pressure situations. Okay. But now the argument is he had some moments where Tommy split to lose one of those matches. Right. If it wasn't for Tommy, and I don't want to blame it all on Tommy, but if it wasn't for Tommy, I think. 2-8-10-ing, right, in, in, in game two, that might have probably ended up not – like it was a game three. They were up 2-0, 
right, Mike? They were up 2-0. Yep. Tommy got up in game three, and they were had the match. Like, all they had well, to had, do was had show the game. Up. Had the game. And Tommy split there, and then they gave him the door open, right, for the Lumberjacks. Anyway, there's so much to talk about because this show was amazing in all in all sense of the emotions, the drama, the reactions. Arturo's, by the way, Arturo's trip four celebrations are the best in sports. Don't at me, okay? The guy yeah. was doing spinneroonies. He was he was doing all <laughs> yeah, kinds of yo, shit, man. Yo, I was laughing while I was watching the show, and Jared Jared reminds me of one of the things I was laughing at, like. Uh, in the chat, he says, love Arturo's energy, but he was on fire before he threw his oh, last shot. Dude, he was like, <laughs> yo, yo. He was like, Jared, yeah. he was like talking to himself. He, I mean, <laughs> he, he like, he was starting his approach. While and he, he was, was like, <laughs> and I was just like, holy shit. Like this guy is out of his shit right now. Like I've never seen is, someone. I, I know. Never he seen celebrating somebody. a shot before he even threw it. Yeah, he was yo, celebrating it was before wild. he even threw it. Yo, yo, Jared, great observation, dude. Because like, yo, that was just crazy. <laughs> He's he, he was literally like, I, I wanted him to strike so bad, Mike. So I don't know what the hell he would have done. He might have dove in headfirst in the crowd. He might have like literally stripped his clothes off and ran around the show naked. I mean, you couldn't even know what this guy was gonna do. But Mike, it was must watch television like it was literally like you had to see what was going to happen yo he was yelling out mikasa mikasa this is my house but this oh, is what bowling needs this is it what does. we always talk about yo you're sitting like, out now can i can i throw a hypothetical out there sure, sure, okay sure. this is another thing i'm probably going to get flamed over but i don't care what if they were bowling for 500 grand oh and a title what if they were bowling for five? Forget about the title because it's a team event, right? What if they were bowling for five hundred Gs? I okay? think it would have let, been as much emotion, me, though. I think I don't know. Of, I don't know because no. they're only throwing two shots a game. They're only throwing two shots a game. So, like after you make the whole second half of the game, you're going to have that emotion at a minimum. You might not have it in the first frames one through five, but you're going to have it six through ten. Right, no matter what, because that's right. going to be their last shot of, of that game, and then they have a wild a reset a and point, calm down. And like, can I can I make another point what? here? Is Arturo like, going to spin a Rooney? Arturo was on fire, okay, uh, and and it was like an exhibition. I mean, there's some money involved, but not like crazy money. What if a guy like Arturo, who has been around the competitive bowling community for decades, right? Ha- I don't know. Has he ever had the chance to bowl for a hundred grand? You know, uh, maybe prob- in like the maybe, maybe I don't know, but but if he has, it probably hasn't been many times. You know, imagine somebody like that getting a bowl for a hundred grand, or somebody like Santu or Matt Ogle, who otherwise may have have not or may not get the opportunity to bowl uh, for for a hundred grand. You know, so I know it would be more serious, but I still think you would see some some pretty heavy emotion if you're in that setting of Bayside and you have the crowd and all of that built in. So that's one thought that I had while watching the show. Uh, Somebody said in the chat, I forget who it was. I'm going to go up. Hold on a minute. It was Andrew. Andrew said Dallas fell apart, plain and simple. Rob, is that, is that a fair statement? Is that a good take or a bad take? I think they, I mean, they were up 2-0 and they lost 3-2. So 
if Mike, if that was your if that was your baseball team in a best of five, and they were up 2-0, and they lost three straight, would you consider your team falling apart? I ha- I have to say, I, I yeah, I I would probably yeah. agree. Yeah, you know, I would probably agree. Uh, you know, yeah. to be up 2-0, kind of had the game in hand the third game. You know, you let them back in it. Then 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 you let them back in it again to go to the fifth game. And then, you know, the way they fell apart in that fifth game, you know, uh, definitely. I mean, I think, I think that that's a fair take, you know, they, yeah. they, they really should have won that match. I, I feel like. And yeah. And let's just, I mean, yo, Dave P by the way, good to see you brother. Always. I'm um, in chat. Duke wasn't really Duke. Agreed. He was, he, he was a pretty emotional wreck. It was his last it, it was his last tournament, probably ever bowling, maybe ever seeing him on TV. So, I mean, yes, you expect still Duke to perform. I, I mean, I don't know if Duke – did Duke even strike once? Did he, I don't think he even threw one strike on that show. I don't I don't recall him striking. And that wasn't due to anything he was doing. I mean, his reaction was terrible. He tried moving left. He tried moving right. But, yeah, like – I be you know it, it it was it was an awesome show, Mike. And how does PBA follow up on that? I don't think you can. Now they have some strike derby and some all star clashes stuff coming, which you know you and I are really well, good fans. Like, that that was all already taped over the weekend too. It's going to air this it? weekend, yeah. But it was in taped, Portland, it was, yeah, it was taped in Portland, yeah. Which, which is I guess okay. Um, so let's well, wait. I got to yeah. talk about a post here. So do you want to move on for the league or do you have any more? Because I got to talk about a Chris Cooley post. No, well, I, I wanted to talk about, you know, probably the, the most uh, prevalent Sam Cooley. new, the prevalent piece of, of the league show was that, you know, uh, the, the vast majority of the bowling community was looking at this as Norm Duke's last, uh, last appearance. Man. Yeah. Did, Sam- Duke, Duke, didn't Duke throw a crossover? He did throw a crossover strike. Did he? Yes, I think at one point mm-hmm. he did. Yeah, yeah. Not like him though. Really wasn't like him. You no, know, like him. no. But he was an emotional wreck, Mike. I mean, uh, it was his last ever tournament ever. Probably you see him on TV. He, I mean, now, he said he's hanging him up like permanently. He's not well, even bowling PB fifty. But hold on, like he also said in an article with Jill Winters that came out the morning of the show that. Uh, you know, if he is given the opportunity to do some sort of made-for-TV event, uh, I think is the way that he phrased it, you know, he would definitely come back and be in on that. So, uh, listen, I'll be we'll upfront. I'll be honest. We'll and, again, people people might not like my take. And, I, and even I think I might be a bit off on this. But I think we might see Norm Duke again. I, I wouldn't be surprised even. If Norm Duke takes the next six months to eight months off, feels great after not bowling for six, eight months, not traveling, chilling in the warm weather in Florida, doing some work on his properties, and then, you know, kind of gets the itch and decides, ah, you know what, maybe I'll come out and bowl the league again. I'm not I'm not going to give this up just yet. You know, so I, I personally would not be surprised to see that happen at all. I know a lot of people were looking at this as his his last hurrah, but I think one way or the other, Norm Duke is going to be around, right? I you know whether that's in the capacity of uh, ambassador of the game, whether that's in the capacity of commentator, 
whether that's in the capacity of these made-for-TV or exhibition uh, events, you know, I, I believe that Norm Duke is still going to be around. That's uh, a fair I, point. You can never know. You never know. <clears throat> I also um, want to say, and people, again, are probably going to flame me for this if they hear it. Rob, you may want to chop this piece of the podcast up and put it out on social media because I know you oh, love yeah. to see people come at me and flame me. Everybody loved the little send-off for Norm Duke. You know, when, when Wes Malott made the spare. And I, I understand that even if the ball went in the gutter, the match was still wrapped up. They still would have won the game. Uh, personally, I hated it. And the reason that I hated it is because he's on the other team. He's on the other team. Like, wh- when in professional sports have we seen one team take a player from the other team and have them do something in the competitive nature of the game for that other team. I don't think I've ever seen that before. You know, I I understand, you know, I get what they were trying to do, you know, classy, classy thing to do. Okay. But I I just don't understand having the person from the other team throw the last shot for the other team. I, I don't get the Like we could find another way to send them off at the end of the show. You know, we can we can give him the spotlight in some way if we want to give him the spotlight in some way. You know, but I don't like to throw the shot for the other team. That's uh, like I disagree with you. That's like if Mariano Rivera is 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 tiring and the other team is up pitching, okay, and they say, Oh no, come on, you come out and throw to your own team for us. I don't know. I disagree with you. I don't know. I thought it was a, a right time and a right moment for him to throw the shot. The match was over. Who cares? Let him let him have his let him have his shot. Like it, it was it was the right moment for it, Mike. I don't think anybody really cares because he threw it on the other team in profession. Look, the PBA league is a lot different, Mike, than you know, Red Sox Yankees playoffs. Okay. It is a lot different. I'm you not comparing compare it to it. that. I'm, I'm not saying, comparing it to that. Look, I'm Mike, saying get up, throw the fill shot, end the game, and then let them get up and throw what, the shot. What's the difference? Who cares? The game the was over. Is, they already won. The difference Big is deal. that's not yeah, – I, I don't know. I just don't see it that way. Yeah, I, I see it like, yeah. no, no, now you, now you had an illegal – Move in your lineup, ah, you know, stop it, and and this move. is what you did. Disqualify it was still within, the, it was still within the competition and the competitive of nature stop of what it. was going on. You stop know, finish, finish what was going on, and you then must be funny parties. You must oh, be funny parties, Mike. Um, but there is something I do want to be a little bit critical because I, Nico brought it up. I think he wanted a little bit of uh, agitate or, or poke the beast here. Uh, any thoughts on the three-person booth? I'm all about a three-person booth, especially, you know, if you have the right three people. I was really – I was a little bit critical of Carolyn Doran Ballard's, her her commentary. Um, I just – I don't know. I just couldn't – I couldn't get into it, Mike. I mean, she made a comparison um, – she made a comparison of uh, – was Santu being the next Belmonte um, – I just, I, I wasn't a fan of it. Uh, I, I love Carolyn Dornbald. She's a great bowler, but I, I wasn't a big fan of the fact. I, I didn't think she was the right person in the booth for that show. Um, now, who would I rather had in the booth? 
I mean, there's been always a lot of like, you know, decent people in the booths. But I mean, Mike, I mean, I don't know. Like, I could probably name off a few people that I probably would have rather seen. So I just need to talk about that. Um, I was a little bit critical of, of some of the stuff that she was saying, and I just didn't agree. Um, but I got I got to go into a post here. Okay. Um, Sam Cooley. Okay. Who, in my opinion, and Mike, your your opinion should have probably been on a team, no? Mike. Um Mike. Sam Cooley should have been on should have been on a team, in your opinion. I mean, okay. Probably think about probably. Think, oh, Let's yeah, let's yeah. let's compare okay. Santu no, listen, with Sam Cooley. It, no, no, you, yes, yes. I'm thinking. I'm, I'm sorry. I had to go through the rosters for a minute in my head, and I'm not going to name any names. But yeah, he he should have been on a team. Okay, so he should have been. Well, Sam Cooley went to the World Games in 2022, and he won a gold medal in singles. Okay, I got to read some of his posts, Mike, because I think this is actually the first time you're going to hear this. Okay, so he he wrote a big Facebook post and a couple paragraphs. One of the paragraphs was, it's an incredible honor to represent my country. And as I said in a previous post, competing for my country is greater than popularity contests. And with this medal around my neck, the statement now has validation. He then goes on to say one more thing. Perhaps next time, consideration won't be based on who has a camera in their hand, favoritism, or being social butterflies. There are a number of guys aren't told with similar personalities to mine that are on teams. So using that excuse that I'm not sociable is a piss take. Thoughts? Uh, I think that Sam Cooley looks at things as everything should be based absolutely on merit. I feel him, but this is team bowling and there's chemistry involved in team bowling. So it, you know, listen, to put it plainly, if you're an asshole that no one wants to be around, then no one's going to want you on their team. You know, I mean, it's really that simple. So like, if you want to get picked for a team, you know, you, you kind of have to show that you're a team player, you know, and this is a so team. Nico, event. Nico, what did Santu do this season? Well, we, me that we know we know why Santu got picked, though. Come on, that that that's a little bit disingenuous for us to say because Santu why? got picked because he had a great performance at the World Series. He's a two-hander and Bayside hooks like crazy, and the and they knew the format was going to be five full guys bowling games on pairs for a five-game block. So, I mean, look, you know. like I don't, I'm not going to criticize them for picking Santu. The kid was an absolute monster and. In the team, I mean, by the way, he kit those, it's so good. Um, yeah, Sherry, Sherry, following up on my comment, you know, don't don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that uh, that that that's what it means. Uh, that that you know, I'm saying that if you're gonna ball, get picked for a team, those people, those other people on that team, or the main components of that team, they at least have to feel like they're they're going to be able to have a communicative, uh, you know, back and forth with you. Right. So, but here's the thing is like for him to take a shot, obviously, is was he taking a shot at Brad Miller and Kyle Sherman, who both were should obviously be on teams? I mean, they were first 
like round picks. Like I think even I don't uh, know. Is he taking Miller, is he taking a shot at Packy? Is he taking a shot at Kevin Williams? I mean, Kevin Williams won a title this year. So let me is ask he, you another question though. Should someone like Walter Ray Williams and Parker Bone be on teams and not Sam Cooley? Yes. I would say yes. Okay. I mean, I'm just, if, hey, if, I'm just like being devil's advocate here. If the if the legends want to bowl, then I think they should be able to bowl. You know, it come comes down to that. You know, okay. how about how about is he talking about you know this is this, Darren, is, this is yeah I, I mean yeah like like Jimmy saying what about Michael Tang? You know, I mean. So he listen, took some shots. You here. know, listen, I. I I understand why Sam Cooley feels the way he feels. He should feel that way. You know, in order to, like in order to go Russell. out there and bowl for a living, you better feel that way. You know, you better feel that way. But uh, at the same time, you know, if you want to get picked for an environment where it's team play, you know, like I said. Mike, it's uh, a fair point. Should Mario Rivera, like, want to, like, be – I mean, it's a fair point, right? Like, I mean, why – like – Okay, we've talked about this. Like, I, I respect. I mean, look, like Walter Ray Parker, Bone, Pete, whatever. These guys are the all-time greats, right? The PBA, you maybe want to promote some of the newer talent, like somebody like Santu, right? Who kind of made a name for himself in the last few shows, right? But do you want to keep them on the shows for the nostalgic of it and the nostalgia and having, you know, the people who know them and they love them? on the shows it, it's a great argument though it, i mean it's fair it's fair points all around here but true sometimes uh, it's popular james oh, Golding. Biggest... james Golding. <laughs> we want to get on this now i don't i don't know if he saw your post or not uh on twitter yeah, he probably didn't james if, if you're on twitter you should give uh at, at brooklyn brooklyn rob <laughs> 11 a follow because he commented on this on twitter and started a huge back and forth but james in I the chat do. here asking uh, three peat for the lumberjacks, Bayside Bowl, biggest home field advantage in sports. Thoughts? Go ahead, Rob. I don't know. I think Seattle Seahawks are number one. I think they have the biggest home field uh, advantage. I think the Portland Trail Blazers have the biggest home court advantage in basketball and bowling. The Portland Lumberjacks have the best home field advantage. I got on Twitter, right? And of course, I knew the same people were going to come after me. My own brother, right, comes after me. Jeff Riggles kind of throws some shots in there, right? And then I go and say, okay, let's ask some of the competitors. And my guy, right, Sean Rash comes in hot, right? Yes, the Portland Lumberjacks do have a home field advantage. And, hey, Mike, even Chris Barnes liked my tweet. Oh, home field advantage. John Stevenson in the chat saying <laughs> they're, they're the only team with a home. Yeah, it's yeah, like, fair point, course, Fair it point. Is, it is an advantage, okay? Because, look, you had to be there, Mike. You were there. I was there. But I was there like Portland loves Portland Lumberjacks. They're going to cheer louder for the Portland Lumberjacks. Yes, they cheer for everybody, right? And they love everybody. But ultimately, they are rooting for their team to win. And regardless, even if it's a slight advantage, it's still an advantage. So they can't PBA put a tweet out. Is this a dynasty? No. If you bring if you bring it to Carolier like you want, right? If you bring it to other places, and the Portland Lumberjacks keep winning, then I could go ahead and say the Portland Lumberjacks are a dynasty. Now, Mike, 
Do I want them leaving Portland, Maine for this tournament? Absolutely not. But is it fair? Do we can we give a city like Cavalier or New York or New Jersey a fair shot to show the rest of the PBA and the country in the world what maybe they could bring compared to Portland, Maine? I think the PBA should really consider it and try to bring that environment somewhere else and see what happens because I don't think another city has really gotten a fair shot yet to really try to match and beat the energy that Portland, Maine brings. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Uh, John Stevenson in the chat again saying that to me is a big downfall about the league. No homes. Uh, John, last year when they took a break from the league, I actually wrote up an article, just some thoughts on, you know, what they should have done to kind of reboot it. And that that's one of the things that I don't like is that everything is very disconnected about it, right? And they need to find more of a connection there and possibly even, you know, I'd like to see multiple events at some, some of these home places, like find a way to give it a connection, find a way to give it a connection. Okay. hundred percent. Like so, you have, you, what's the point of having cities, Mike, if it's going to be in Portland, Maine every year, right? Get right. rid of the cities, just get rid of it and just, have the names, right? But right. if you really want to make it a true league, and you brought this up in your article, you might have to repost it, right? You might want to bring an actual have a home field advantage where you bowl a team. And if I'm in, let's just say Phoenix, right? And the Phoenix home team is bowling, and I know they're going to be here. Hey, come root on your your home team, Phoenix, whatever, bowling the PBA league, right? No, and well, like, well, well, how how I mean, say you took the cities off of the names, right? Yeah. How are people going to uh, pick who their favorite team is. They're going to pick whoever their favorite bowler is. Right. 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 So, like, right. let it be through that. You know, let it be, oh, this person likes Jason Sterner, so they're going to root for this team. And this person likes Belmonte, so they're going to root for the LAX. And this person yeah. likes Bill, and they're going to root for the Dallas Strikers, you know? I think it brings a different aspect of the league if you do have cities attached to it, but you make the cities attached to it mean something. Right. And I agree with you. I feel like they they could in, maybe in the future state like have a tournament in Portland, Maine, have a tournament in the Las Vegas area. Right. For the Las Vegas team, have a tournament in New Jersey for the New Jersey team. Right. Or whatever. And bring it in and have like the home field, home teams and home cities come out and, and root for your home city. Right. And even, hey, I might agree with my brother Jeff on this. Maybe have the other the 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 teams boo right if i'm if i'm if i'm a phoenix fan and i'm bowling against new jersey and it's in phoenix and new jersey misses what if i cheer if new jersey misses hey look i'm just saying like when i'm watching a jets game and tom brady throws an interception which he never does i'm probably going to root for him cheer when he throws an interception i'm just saying jimmy oh. bringing the heat jimmy bringing the heat in the chat Mike, Saying, I have a, why I have, is I have Bel- the question is why is Belmo so bad in the league? I have an oh, opinion on that. Jimmy, Jimmy, so coming at me, the goat. Jimmy, ex- you come at the king. You best Jimmy, not miss, Jimmy. Here's the deal: if you've if you've ever bowled a team format and a Baker format compared to individual bowling, and Mike could agree with this, and anybody who's bowled college, and I'm not talking league people. I'm talking high-level competitive team bowling. It is a completely different style of bowling. It is a so much different than individual bowling. There is a ton of pressure on you 
to compete and to not let your team down. Mike, fair to say there's a lot more pressure on you when you're blowing a team tournament than an individual tournament? No, I don't agree with that. What do you mean? Uh, what? You're so – well, you know what? Oh, I don't I'm agree sorry. with that. St. Peter's, St. Peter's never went too far in the, uh, in the National Championship Collegiate Tournament anyway. So, I mean, you wouldn't really know about no, high-level Baker competitive bowling. I think that's a terrible take because – Why? When you're bowling in a singles event, all the pressure is on you. No. You know, when you're no, bowling a team no. event, the pressure is spread. You know, in no. fact, when you're bowling a team event, some people aren't even really going to throw shots that really uh, involve much pressure. Oh, I disagree. Okay? I understand uh, disagree. Here's why Belmo uh, isn't isn't that great in the team event. It's because there's there's not really a lot on the line. Oh. You know, the guy the guy bowls for majors. The oh, guy bowls God. for majors. Okay, that's why such he's out there. Take. It's that's such why a he's take. out there. Okay, he's not out there to win exhibition events, folks. You don't think he wanted to win that tournament, the team tournament? You don't want the I, I don't even think I don't even think that he is in the same stratosphere of focus for an event like the PBA League as he oh, is man. for something, let's say like the Masters, for instance. No. Okay, or the US Open. All right. He's not even in the same stratosphere of focus. All right. He like when he's on the US Open Masters, he's serial killer level of focus. Okay. Now in the team event, I would say that he's, you know, uh average, average Belmo uh level of focus. Why? Because it wasn't it wasn't a big enough event for him, so he didn't want so he didn't take it seriously, so his focus wasn't there. Is that is that your is that your I criticism of Belmo? Uh, that you you think wrong. that's a criticism? You think that's no, a criticism? Because yes, I actually, I actually think that that is, uh, a, 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 you know, a tribute to him. Because what I'm saying is, the guy has such a high standard that he really only enters that stratosphere of focus for the the best, the biggest of the biggest events. That's it. That's what he's there to win. You know. I, I, I would even Belmo. I would even say the same about about like a a, a regular World Series, um, uh, you know, pap, uh, animal no, pattern. You're, uh, you're type. so off on this. You're so off on this because there's no oh, way. Jimmy Jimmy's in the chat saying he stays in the U.S. and and isn't his focus. Like you know, I, I sense your sarcasm there, Jimmy. Yeah, because he, listen, let me be honest. He has to. He's got to be there for this event. He can't. He can't skip events every year. You know, he can't do that. The guy's the most uh, marketable, biggest name in bowling. He he can't skip it. You know, well, so he shows Mike, up and he does his thing. It's and a he does kind it of well. No, you know, you're wrong. It's a different kind of pressure. Oh, Mike. So, so what you're, let's be clear here. Let's be clear here that Rob, that Rob is saying that the pressure of the PBA League show is just too much for Belmo, the best ever. Come on. It's that a different, is, it's, Rob, that is just a shit take. It's No, let me tell you why. Because you're your own worst enemy on the bowling lane, okay? When you're bowling for a team and you have your team relying on you, right, to win or to, you know, and, and trust me, they want to win, okay? They're not there to lose. He's not there just to fucking, you know, just, just kind of show up and, you know, in, in however you're saying it. Whatever, be like. I'm not oh, saying this. he is. I'm not saying yeah. he's mailing it in. Look, it's all not I'm saying what I'm is, saying. 
there is it's a when you have all those people relying on you you're your own worst enemy and you have the um the uh what 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 is the word i'm looking for you have the ability to put a way more pressure on yourself because you have a lot of other people relying on you why do you think everybody was missing in the last half of the game in the final five well you you saw prather miss a nine pin mike like does that ever happen why all of a sudden the pba league where you're bowling for nothing and it's an exhibition is everybody missing all of a sudden in the last four frames I'll tell you why, because team bowling is a different beast and a different kind of pressure than bowling for yourself, an individual. Now, Mike, you could also make the argument that maybe my, maybe Belmo doesn't bowl really well at Portland, Maine. Maybe the bowling center doesn't match up. Oh, maybe the oh. environment doesn't match up to him. Well, I mean, he made the final four of the only singles tournament they ever had there. So if you were to ask Belmo, if we were to ask him, and I'll tweet him after the show's over why he doesn't perform well in a team event, why his history has <laughs> been up to par. What would oh, he say? get out of here. You're so disingenuous. I can't even stand it. It doesn't matter what he would say because he's not – he's going to give the he he's gonna give the expected PC answer. He's not going to give – if, if, if there's any uh, he's inkling give to what I'm answer. saying, it's not like that. he's going to give it any credence. No, no he's not going to say, well, I had to be there, and I just no, really didn't care. No, not at all. Or he's not going to say, Rob, uh, I'm somebody who's bold for more major titles than anyone ever. So it's kind of tough for me to get up for uh, an it, exhibition Mike. team event. Mike, the people are with me here, Mike. You're wrong. This is this is an argument that I'm going to win. It's a but, different but kind Andrew, of But, Andrew, you're saying – Bowling for your teammates in your city is an entirely different pressure. It's not to bowl a city. For it's not even his city. There's no connection between the city and the team. The, the teammates, you know what, Andrew? All due respect, there's also competitors out there like Kobe Bryant. You know, rest his soul, okay? But there's competitors out there like Kobe Bryant who think that the guys around them, yeah, they some of these guys ain't even good enough to be on the court with me. And listen – Rob, are you going to sit here and tell me that's not Mamba mentality? Okay, that Kobe wasn't that kind of teammate. Well, listen, Michael Jordan was the same way. Don't you think that Belmo is is at a Kobe Mamba mentality level of bowling? You know, of where he. I mean, people call him sure. the greatest of ever. Course. Of okay, course. Yeah, so like, listen, and I'm not saying he feels this way. I'm just saying, you know, it's an observation. Okay, you know, is it possible that like? Hey, he feels like, ah, you know what? Like, yeah, I'm here bowling with these guys. Yeah, it's all good. But you know what? Like, I'd rather be doing this myself. I got more confidence in myself alone. Yeah. So. Anyway, all right. Well, let's just end it and uh, move on to the next, uh, the next thing here. Listen, I warned everybody on Twitter that I was going to have some takes tonight. That we're going to have people losing their shit. All right. I'm sorry. I'm honest. This is the, you're going to get from me the way that I see it. Okay. So I call like I see it, all right? Jimmy, I only put on the pants for majors, okay? Do you understand? Put it on a T-shirt, son. I only put on pants for majors, okay? I'm serious. Oh, hi, Rob. Uh, do we want to touch on Junior Gold? Junior Gold starts this week. I was hoping you'd go on a Junior Gold rant while I uh, try to find my worst of the week. Oh, Jesus. I mean... I don't know. I say I go back to previous episodes. I've said all I can say. You know, I I don't think they've changed it very much. I don't think that that qualifying is any more legit. Uh, so 
yeah, you know, it's the, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I know it's, listen, it's a great experience, I'm sure. How the entries this year? I think entries were good. I don't think it was a record, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that they're lacking for entries. I did see that, <clears throat> excuse me, the under 20 division bold early, like they started this week and Chris Barnes son and Parker's son both made the stepladder final. I'm sure I don't. I know. I know it'll appear on TV at some point. I think. Wait, uh, I don't, I don't get something when. though. I, I don't get something. Parker Bone's son crossed the me at the tat, and now he's bowling the under twenty at, at junior gold. That am I missing something here? Is like, are they able to accept money now from the tat, or is he? No, he bowled as money? A, he probably bowled as a junior in the tat. Yeah, he probably took scholarship money. Yeah, he throws it pretty good though. His kid, he throws yeah. it pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, they both throw really good. Yeah. So I yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'll follow Jordan Junior Gold a little bit throughout the week. I actually know a couple kids uh, that are going out there, so I, I'll definitely be, uh, you know, looking looking at the at the standings, you know, and following a little bit, um, you know. But uh, but as I said, like the the event in past years has kind of seemed like a circus a little bit. So I don't know if it's still like that. You know, I don't. I don't really follow on social media as much about the stories that are going on, or the, the issues that are going on, or what the experience is like. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, you know, I, I wish I wish luck and good bowling to all the young bulls that are out there, and uh, we'll follow up on it throughout the week. And when and when the shows air, you know, I'm sure uh, I'm sure I'm sure that we'll watch the shows. Yeah, I like to. I mean, look, like I, I love watching the youth bowl. I think they bring a lot of energy. And I love seeing what what their styles look like, what they're using. The book, I mean, this is the future, and it, it also brings me back to a little bit of nostalgia, Mike, when we were that age and we were bowling. And I really wish that we had junior goal back when we uh, were, you know, we're seventeen. Dougie asking, is it illegal for the junior bowlers to bowl action? We don't break the code around here, Dougie. Okay, should I? I you, action says not, don't even. I was just gonna. T- Dougie has not been around the bowling community quite. As a junior bowler, I don't think so. Like he don't know, Rob. Yeah, you know, he doesn't know that. Like, yeah, you don't break the code. Yeah, you don't break the code. We may have, we may have all, uh, but, we but may have all done it. I do got to talk about like that match between like Barnes's kid and Parker Bones' kid. Jeff Rickles um, always here with the info. Bowl TV tomorrow. U twenty step ladder tomorrow morning. There, uh, Jeff, to confirm, there's no TV shows this year at all. So, so they're they're not running uh, the junior gold finals on TV at all. Just want to confirm that, Mike. How, Mike? Remember when anybody in adult, when we were kids, if they were still bowling juniors past like seventeen, we used to give them a bunch of shit. Yo, we, how are yo, these kids still bowling juniors at nineteen and twenty years old? These I, kids are literally have beers. They have fucking kids. I'm, a, I'm literally gonna, like I'm going to name the name too. Smoking. I don't name the names often, but I'm going to name the name. I, in, I believe it was the summer of 1998. I think it was 98. And the uh, JBT Challenge, I believe, it was either at Carolier or Leisure that year. I, for, I forget which one it was. I think it was Carolier. Uh, but, Rob, we were all there bowling. And a guy by the name of Roy Dietrich. You remember Roy Dietrich? I from do. Maryland? He had a sister. He had a sister. And Dietrich, right? Yeah, right. So Roy Dietrich was there. And we got done bowling a qualifying squad, and this dude was walking around with a beer. <laughs> and I remember that for the rest of the weekend, for the rest of the weekend, 
all we did, all of us, me, you, Joe, Bill, Snyder, Tommy, Pyle, every, all we did was flame that dude for the rest of the weekend. Every time, every time I would sit, have a conversation with somebody, I'd be like, "You believe this guy's here, Boldness Junior? Sure, he's walking around drinking a beer. I mean, are you serious, bro?" He was like, so, he, yeah. he, he was on the right path, though. He 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 knew how to free up the arm swing, Mike. Yeah. Oh man, Jesus, that's funny. That's hilarious. All right, Rob, let's give the people what they want and get out of here. Oh boy! All right, you want to go first, or you want me to yeah, go first? I'm going to share my screen because okay. I don't know if this is worst of the week or if this is best of the week. But I feel bad for people who are listening; they're going to have to come watch the YouTube because, um, yeah, uh, this was a post that was put up, uh, I believe, on the Bowlers Uniting. Mike, this was on the the Bowlers Uniting. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. I don't know if this is disrespectful or if it's funny, but I got to give his worst of the week. Yo, yo. Yo. Yo, Ian Lang with the, with the comment of the night. So, Robert yes, Rowe so. just went adult last week. Yo. So, yes, oh, my goodness. This is um a, a, a Lemur, I think, comparison with Matt Olin. A lemur. A lemur. A lemur. A lemur. A lemur. Anyway, I thought that was funny. That's my worst of the week. I thought that'd get people uh, a, a pretty quick laugh because uh, that's what worst of the week is supposed to do. So yeah. Oh. All right, my worst of the week. It's actually going to a known person in the bowling community, and yeah, a, and a very a very well known person in the bowling social media community. Uh, and I said before, I made this clear that if you encourage patch piracy. I will come. I will come for you in worst of the week. Arr! Okay. Arr! <laughs> okay. J. R. Raymond. Ooh, it's a good one. Congratulations. Okay, Congrats. You've won worst of the week. The reason that he wins worst of the week is because he put up a video on his YouTube account this week and put it up on social media. So everybody say it. And the title of the video is. How to get on staff? Oh, I saw the highlight of the video. Did you did you watch the video? Do you think I'm going to watch that video? I'm well, I'm I giving him worst of the week simply off the title of the video. Okay, even if you're trying to get clicks off of patch piracy, I don't care what the video says. If you are if you are encouraging the patch pirates to click on your video with that title. You're getting worse for the week for me. Did you see the tournament where if you beat a Storm staffer, you get on staff? Did you see that? Mike? Yes. Yes. I figured that would be funny. Anyway, Mike, quick worst of the week. Always a good time. Um, Phil, I'm sorry. Let them know. Let them know I had to give them worst of the week. It's nothing personal. It's nothing personal. I just, you know, I can't encourage patch piracy. I'm sorry. There'll be no patch pirating. Uh, propaganda in this in this podcast. Um, so Jeff Regal's championship rounds of U12, U15, U18 are all Saturday, July 23rd on Bowl TV. So another reason to subscribe for Bowl TV. I'm hoping, Mike, that Bowl TV and the PBA come to an agreement and we could subscribe to Bowl TV and have all of our streaming bowling on one channel. 
But yeah, Mike, I'm, I'm on there. I'm on there. So I'll be checking it out. Appreciate the info, Jeff. All right, Rob, let's wrap it up. Give the people what they want. Final thoughts? We no, you got you didn't you didn't do you didn't you didn't close out worst of the week. Oh, I gotta close it out. You're right. Hold on. Come on. All right, final thoughts. Go ahead, Rob. So my original worst of the week was going to go to Bolero, but I saved it for my final thoughts, and I thought maybe we talk a little bit about how Bolero completely fucked up one of the most probably longstanding tournaments out there that actually like puts out really, really, really tough conditions. JR Raven um, in the chat. He popped in. <laughs> popped worst in. of the week. I'm sorry. I had to give you worst of the week. I had to give you worst of the week, JR, for uh, for – uh, encouraging patch piracy with your YouTube video on how to get on staff. Sorry. I'm sorry. So it's an but, honor around here. Be honored. It's an honor around here, actually. You're you're among, you're among the ranks of Tim Buck. Okay. That's, that's all I can say. Goat level right there. Um, so if anybody doesn't know the story about Bolero and how they fucked up the Peterson, I think this is a really funny story. So Bolero. Um, so the Peterson, if anybody knows this tournament, I never personally bowled the Peterson I believe it's in Wabatosa. Um, and the Peterson is one of those tournaments that's super tough. It, it, it's impossible. Just to put things into perspective on um, the Peterson, 1651 was leading for eight games. And a lot of people like come out and bowl that tournament on a like yearly, like the people coming out all traveling bowl in this tournament. Bolero decides that they're going to put the house shot out by accident. So this guy comes in by the name of Brian Hoff and shoots 1903 for eight games and leads the tournament by like 250 pins, right, Mike? And Brian Hoff should have probably got worst of the week for his comment here. Because his comment was in the sense of, well, I didn't really feel like there was anything wrong. Okay. Like while he was bowling. Okay. Could you imagine bowling the Peterson, Mike, which is all the shots all kind of fucked up. And this guy is like bowling 208, 251, 268, 246. These were his actual games and not realizing that something is wrong here. Well, he's, Bolero doesn't know what to do. I, I don't think they've actually they've they've made some adjustments. This guy is planning on suing if they don't give him, I guess, his first place winnings. As he should. Crazy though. Now, how could you ever bowl that tournament again? Could you imagine the people I mean, that to bowl, me, it's, travel to bowl? It's that such tournament? a Bolero thing to happen. I mean, you know, they it's just Lack of attention to detail, you know, lack of attention to the details that matter. It happens all the time. It's so funny. Yeah. Robert Hamilton's probably got the quote of the night here. They're probably just giving some free games passes and just be like, Hey, like, sorry nah, well, about they, that. They, they already came out with a statement saying that they're going to do two separate prize funds. Um, so, well, I mean, what's the separate prize fund? Jeff is going to be one is going to be he's going to get $300 for first. yeah, I don't, yeah, that, that's then, my I think they got to pay him the 25. You know, you a, after that, 
whatever what they decide to do is fine. Here's the other wrinkle here. His daughter bowled at the same time and she's now the winner of the youth event. <laughs> so you got that too, right? So you, so they're going to yeah. have to they're going to have to pay him off in some way. So uh you know, I know so I, I, I hope, I hope I they do the right thing and pay him pay him the full 25,000. Whoever finished second in that squad is will probably get 300 bucks for second. It'll be 25,000 for first and 300 for second. Maybe a heart for a second. And but. Jeff, I, I read your story, and I, I guess one of the, the 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 items in your story that I found really interesting was the fact that you said that you probably wouldn't bowl or maybe plan on really never bowling that tournament again. I don't think you said those exact words, but how could as a bowler who maybe was going out to the Peterson to bowl every year, how could you go next year and – I don't know, pay that money, and then this happens again. And I feel bad for the guy who was leading the tournament, who shot sixteen fifty. No, he's now, gonna, he's he's going to get his twenty five grand too. Bolero's going to have to pony up some money. <coughs> that's pretty much the bottom line. That's a that's an expensive lane, man. Someone's losing their job. I wonder you, you think. think so? Yeah. Anyway. That's my final thoughts. Okay. Here's my final thought. Uh, so Jeff is, said, I just want to quote Jeff here. No, I said I wouldn't bowl this year if they said they would do two prizes. Yeah, it just fucks up the tournament is pretty much what they did. Congrats to one lane man making a really stupid mistake, screwing up a bunch of uh, a whole tournament. It, it's it's kind of sad in a way. So my final thought is more bowling beef. <laughs> okay, so and I started the episode with bowling beef. I'm gonna end the episode with bowling beef. Okay, Stu's not even on this week. Uh, Jillian Jillian Martin's dad, John Martin, is on Twitter. I follow him now. Uh, his name is at Three C Roof Cleaners. Okay, and today he posts a picture of a. It looks like a set of brass knuckles. But instead of it being brass knuckles, it's uh, it's bells. Okay. Okay. It's like it's okay. like a handle with a strap going around your hand with bells on the other side. Okay. Okay. Clearly, like a noisemaker to to cheer and make noise. Okay. okay. So so that's so that's part of what I want to discuss here. Is, okay. Okay. You know, is is it is it appropriate or is it cool? I guess to bring in a bell noise making cheering thing to a bowling event at any level okay that's one thing i want to discuss but here's his post and here's why it's bowling beef okay i'm going to explain uh he says so so mary orf's dad and i believe mary orf is one of the other competitors right so mary orf's dad uh got all pissy with me because I was ringing my bells while cheering for my friends at the adult under 20 junior gold tournament. When did collegiate bowlers get so soft? Laughing face emoji. Hate me, love me, but I'm not going to stop having fun. Hashtag bringing the bells. Okay. <laughs> now, the reason I say that this is, this is bowling beef. Hold on, hold on. I have to... Uh... I have to go here to the to the actual tweet. You got to give me a second, okay? Bells, huh? Yeah, it's actual bells. Uh, hold on, I got to bring see. in the bells, Mike. Okay, bring in so the bells. so then so then, 
an uh, an Andrew Orff resp- responded to this tweet. Now he mentioned the Orff, right? Okay, I'm assuming this is like somebody connected there. Here's his response: Nice circus toy, you tool bag. Stay classy. I hope to introduce myself tomorrow when I get into town. So, uh, some serious bowling beans. Ring, ring uh, the bells. Ring. I mean, I, Rob, what are your thoughts? Like, I, I'll be honest. I, you know, I think I think that's kind of crazy for somebody to, to bring in a noise making cheering thing and and actually and like Mary's use sister. it to cheer while other people are bowling and whatnot. Like, I don't know. As a junior bowler, I was. I was definitely the type that would have turned around and like gave you a piece of my mind on that and told you what you could do with those bells. But okay, what, are, so what are your thoughts? So when we would bowl college, and I know this is happening more than normal these days, is a lot of the women teams would do these cheers. And every time someone would strike, they would do these really annoying cheers. Um, I think Shippensburg would be who let the ships out, swish, 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 and they would do it all the time it's annoying 100% annoying as I imagine bells would be at a bowling tournament right super annoying as a bowler I'd imagine super annoying if you're in a bowling center it's like if the guy sitting behind you brings one of those noisemakers and he's just doing it all the time Mike knows a little bit of something about annoying jet fans cheering in back of your ears super annoying but is it his right and his like freedom that bring bells to a bowling tournament? If it's not, I'm not talking freedom though. I'm talking, I'm talking, is it cool? No, it's not cool. No, no, it's not. And and, and Robert Hamilton, we, we think alike, right? (laughs) We think alike, like, cause here's, here's Robert Hamilton in the chat says, I would bring a cowbell. And that, that was kind of my thought when I saw his post, like, well, where does this stop? Where did like if you bring your bell ringing thing, what if I want to bring an air horn? Right, in you know. And then if I bring an air horn, if I bring an air horn, what's stopping somebody from bringing, uh, you know, one of those one of those uh, hockey goal alarms, you know, and and ringing yeah. that? And and I mean, really, like, where does it? Then what if somebody wants to bring an organ in? A, a whole live organ. band, yeah, a lot, okay. you know, live band, and set it up, and like every time their kid strikes, they they play like Metallica or something. I mean, you know, right. I, like I know. where does it stop? Okay, right. That that right. would that would be my uh, my, my thing. The Vuvuzelas, the Vuvuzelas. What if I bring Vuvuz? What if I bring all my family members with Vuvuzelas? Right. But here's the thing, though. That would here's the thing that I, I think there needs to be a, a little bit of courtesy to other bowlers, right? Is just because you're whoever you're watching strikes and you start ringing the bells, somebody else is up on the approach in mid swing and mid approach, most likely throwing the ball right as you're going to be ringing those bells. Okay. This isn't a TV show where you could ring the bells or do whatever. And you know, nobody's bowling. There has to be also a common courtesy. Mike, could you imagine if you were on the approach and you were third step, and all of a sudden you started hearing bells ringing. I think bowling is a little bit of different. Golf, I don't think that they would even allow that, right? I think the USBC would need to have to come in and maybe set some rules and set some parameters around, like, yo, like, you can't ring bells due to the fact that you're going to distract other people while they're bowling 
because that's an unusual sound. It's not like a cheering or a clapping. It's a different sound that will distract somebody. Yeah, and like, and, and and he made the point about college bowling, right? And all these kids bowl college, and but like, there's noise everywhere at a college bowling event, right? It's not yeah. just bells. It wasn't coming that distracting. It was just annoying. Yeah, but the bells are a different kind of sound than cheering and clapping and applauding. It's a unique sound that it could catch you right when you're on your third, fourth. Boom, the bells go out, and then it could really do. I mean, it's just common courtesy. What if I want to bring a trumpet? What if I play the trumpet, you know? And like I whenever, whenever who I'm cheering for strikes, I I play Yankee Doodle Dandy on the trumpet. What about that? Is that okay? Mike, what's stopping this Mary Orff's brother or whatever? To going in and bringing, like you said, an accordion or 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 something louder than a bells, and then every time Jillian's about to, in the mid swing for him to start doing it right, like because it sounds like he's pissed, right? So like, what's stopping him from doing that? Is that illegal? Can he do that? I don't know. It's a good question. I'm just saying it's a fair point, right? Well, well, fair point. Yes, we'll end there, Rob. We've gone into overtime. I love these discussions, though. We have so much to talk about. Uh, listen, I appreciate the shit out of everybody joining us in the chat and getting involved in uh, in, in the conversation here. Uh, subscribe on YouTube, even if you don't watch us on YouTube. Just make please Gmail go on YouTube and just subscribe and just hit the subscribe button, please. Just if you want to give us a five star rating and a review, that's great too. But we, we would, we would appreciate the subscribe the subscription. We Follow us on social much. media on Twitter. He's at Brooklyn Rob Eleven. I'm at the two one fifth. Uh, check out our website, sweeptherackbowling.com. More worst of the week rosin bags are in. Jr. Raymond, you want a worst of the week rosin bag? You should buy one, bro. You won worst of the week. You should pick one up. Let us know. Well, I got you. I got you. If you need one, uh, they're good rosin bags. I still use mine. They, they are Lindy's bags. Lindy's bags. We're gonna have them on. Actually, we're gonna have them on shortly here. To uh, to promote yeah, his I thing, wanna talk, I want to talk to him how you start a business of making rosin bags. Yeah, like, yeah, they're good. They they really are quality rosin. They're bags, great too. rosin bags. They're, and, they're great. And the people who buy them have immediate success in their bowling game with them. You can ask Robert Hamilton if you don't believe me. Okay, that's almost a guarantee. So if you want a rosin bag, hit us up. You can hit us up on Sweet the Racket Gmail. You can go to our website, check them out. Uh, please hit the subscribe button. We always have fun here. If you're listening to this afterwards and you disagree with my takes, come at me in email or social media. Twitter. Take it all comers. Twitter. Take it all comers. Twitter. Take it all comers. Love an argument. Rob, have a great week. I'm not bowling this week. It's my birthday this weekend. It's my birthday this weekend. Happy got a little party. Thank you. Got a little party going on on Saturday. So won't be bowling this weekend. Mike, but, I, got uh, big one. I got a big one Sunday, 1500 first. Okay. All right. Good luck. Good luck. Update us on Twitter. Let us know how you do. Well, Uh, I'll be recovering on Sunday, chilling. But uh, everybody have a good one. We'll see you next week. Later. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big Mike.